It's a pleasure for me to be able to preach again in this pulpit. I said to the early church this morning, early congregation, that uh, in doing some research, I found out that one of my long-time ancestors was the pastor of this church in 1862, um, Atticus Green Haygood. Uh, as I trace my ancestry, he's, uh, he's, he's there, and I'm reading his biography now. It's about 700-and-something pages long, so it's taken me a long time to go through it. He was at one time president of Emory College when it was about to go under at, at Oxford. He helped save it. He was elected to serve as a bishop. He refused it. They came back and elected him a second time uh, a few years ago later, and he accepted it as bishop in the um, Methodist Episcopal Church South. And his name is on the board with all the pastors that are listed there. And um, I'm just uh, grateful for the fact that he's in my, in my line there. Uh, not close, but he's there. And so I'm thankful for that. Well, Harriet and I like being in this church. We've been here since '03, and uh, we are uh, enjoying being in the congregation and having a part of the service uh, in that way. And uh, Stuart and Becky, of course, on their sabbatical, deserved, and we are praying God's blessings to be upon them. Our annual conference in the South Georgia Conference is this week as well. It starts Wednesday and ends on Saturday. So we'll be gone for a few days, as your delegates and, and pastors will be from here in the North Georgia Conference. Well, that's enough of that. Our scripture this morning is printed in the bulletin. I'll ask you to take it. And um, I've got my big Bible here. I'll read it from it. But uh, you follow along with me. Uh, it's verse 11 from the 29th chapter of Jeremiah. Let's read it. You can just remain seated while we read. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. This is the word of God for the people of God, and we say, thanks be to God. That's right. Um, when I was uh, in college a long time ago, a couple of my friends and I decided that we were going to go to Daytona Beach for spring break. Now, we weren't planning on doing any uh, crazy stuff down there. We just wanted to go to Daytona Beach. One of these guys had a convertible, so we got in his convertible and we took off down Highway 341. Uh, no interstates at that time. And um, we drove along and enjoyed ourselves. And as we drove, we noticed a lot of uh, roadside stands, you know, where farmers sold their vegetables and, and goods. And uh, we had an idea. So we pulled up uh, by one of these. The old farmer was in his cane bottom chair, leaned up against the fence under a little shed. And we pulled off just off the road. And uh, as we stopped there, we said to him, uh, how much further have we got to go? Uh, he looked at us and we said, how much further do we have to go? He said, I beg your pardon. We said, how much further do we have to go? Well, he got up out of his chair and walked over to the car and he said, uh, what would you say? 
How much further do we have to go? He looked at us. He said, I don't know where you're going. How do I know how much further you got to go? And we pulled off, you know. I guess the only harm we did was getting, up, getting him up out of that cane bottom chair where he was so comfortable. Well, <laughs> you know, um, it, it's, it, it's, it's that way in our lives. We, we sometimes want to know uh, how much further we have to go. Um, I don't know where you're going. How can I know how much further you got to go, he said. Well, do you know where you're going? <laughs> I hope so. Well, the year after I graduated from seminary, Harriet and I decided we were going to go overseas for a year where I would do a year's postgraduate work in New Testament at the University of Edinburgh in Scotland. I was going to study under a man whose books I had read and I was very impressed with him and that was his last year of teaching and so I wanted to, to be there. So we did. We were on an extremely tight, tight, tight budget. Uh, we lived in a boarding house. We walked to school. We uh, ate mm, one and a half meals a day. Uh, and uh, we just uh, were just very tight. And I lost a lot of weight. So did Harriet. But we tightened our belts. And one month during that period of time, we decided to rent, or as they called it over there, hire a car. So we got a little Ford Anglia down in London, and they gave us uh, driving lessons, drove around the block once, and uh, got out and turned it over to us. <laughs> and so we started up, uh, you know, from England going back to, uh, from London going back to Edinburgh. And we, uh, in that process, drove through the, the highlands and uh, the Lake District, and, you know, just beautiful, beautiful country. And in doing that, uh, we kept noticing some signs. One read, dangerous sinkings liable. Well, you know what that meant, don't you? There's some potholes out there, be careful. And then we'd see one that would say, steep grades ahead. And, of course, that meant that there we better beware of all the mountains that we're about to approach. And then that was followed by, you have been warned. <laughs> and we knew that meant you're on your own. Uh, so we, you know, we, we kept going, though. And, and um, the older I get in my life, the more cautious I seem to, to become. Um, I'm about three-quarters of a century old now, and um, uh, I, I don't do as well as I used to. My sight is, uh, is bad, as you can tell with train changing these glasses. My gait is a little bit unsure. Uh, my mind is not quite as sharp as it used to be. And uh, there are other factors that play into that uh, that have caused me to be a little bit more careful than I used to be. Do you ever feel that way? <laughs> some of you know it, some of you don't, but one day you will. Now sometimes I stop and ask myself and I ask God, Lord, where am I going? 
How much further do I have to go? At other times, I think I'd like to be able to see out there, you know, just out there somewhere, so I could tell where those uh, sinkings and pitfalls were, so that maybe I'd just avoid going in that direction. Or maybe it's best that I don't know. Because if I did know, I might want to stop where I am rather than go out there. Well, you see, a lot of that is brought on by fear. And just, it just takes us over and uh, we get uh, somewhat stymied uh, when that happens. In times like these, I think God in his mercy puts things before me, in front of me, so that I can see his, his plan and see his, his goodness in my life. Um, Harriet and I fortunately have time these days to share our devotionals with each other in the mornings. Uh, we sit on our sun, in our sunroom and read the upper room and uh, E. Stanley Jones and guideposts and, uh, of course, the Bible. We read it. And uh, we just enjoy that. Well, the other day, um, God put in front of me a devotional by a lady by the name of Julia Jones Price from East Tennessee. And um, she based her devotional on this scriptural passage that I've read for us this morning and using for our text today. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Brent had that on the front of the bulletin when he was preaching for the graduates. And I said, well, gee whiz, I'm going to use that for my text. But that's all right. It doesn't hurt us to have it more than once. Ms. Price, in writing her devotional, uh, was talking about living in the Smoky Mountains of East Tennessee. You've been there, some of you know what that's like. And she said, uh, one misty morning after a rain, uh, she said she found herself looking out into the distance only to find that the mist had obscured her vision beyond the uh, closest mountain range. She wasn't able to see beyond that. And she wrote these words, Just as that day I desired to see beyond the range closest to me, most of us desire to see beyond the present. Regardless of age, any of us can worry about the future. She said, I learned from my experience of the the missing mountain ranges, that even when I cannot see them, I can know that God has plans for our future and through the uh, future will bring challenges, though the future will bring challenges. We can be assured that God will be there to see us through them. Now, preachers are always looking for sermon illustrations. You just, you, you know, even when you're retired, you don't forget about that. You just sort of file some things away in your mind, or you'll cut them out of something, and you'll throw them in a file, and say, I'm going to use that for a sermon someday. 
So that's what I did with her devotional. And I said, you know, that, that really speaks to me, and maybe it'll speak to somebody else. But actually, <clears throat> I went back a little bit further than that devotional to the 31st of January. You remember that day, don't you? You probably do, yeah? <laughs> you don't, really. Uh, we had a day of music in this church. That, the whole service was taken over with music. David had planned a great service. And the chancel choir that morning sang their anthem from this passage that I've read for us this morning. Uh, the passage from Jeremiah. And it was so beautiful. It was just gorgeous. They did such a good job. And then that was followed on the heels with the carol choir. And you may not remember what they sang, and I probably wouldn't remember if I hadn't, hadn't kept that bulletin, but this is what they sang. Do you know your shepherd's voice? Are you listening with your heart? Have you stopped to hear him calling and felt the peace his words impart? As the world shouts its orders that are easiest to hear, won't you draw away to listen to your shepherd standing near? The Lord is my shepherd, they sang. I will not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. Isn't that beautiful? It's wonderful. And I said in that service that morning, this will preach. <laughs> and so I took that bulletin home, I threw it in that file, and I said, I'm going to use that sometimes. Well, you see, God wants us to face the future not with fear, but with hope and trust in Him. When Harriet and I were students at LaGrange College a few years ago, there was a Japanese student there whose name was Ikuko Tsukahara. Now, how did I remember that? I don't know. I just remember her name was Ikuko Tsukahara. She always had two things, her camera, <laughs> which you could expect, and a smile on her face. And she spoke fairly good English, and her favorite expression was, I hope so. I hope so. And we enjoyed Ikuko Tsukahara. In the latest issue of the AARP, anybody know that AARP? AARP newspaper, not the magazine now, but the newspaper, there was a feature article on cancer research. It stated that most people want to know how long do I have? Can I live a normal life? Will I be cured? And it went on to say, these are the questions that every cancer patient uh, has and every doctor is reluctant to answer definitively. But the article said in 2016, thanks to the tremendous studies in treatment, the answer to all of these questions is, it looks good. It looks good. When Dr. Fred Craddock was the 
professor of preaching at Emory at the Candler School of Theology. He's now deceased. He told a story about a family gathering uh, in an uh, uh, in a ICU waiting room, waiting for the doctor to come out after he had done surgery on their relative, surgery for cancer. And they waited and they waited and they hadn't eaten and they had just been there for a long time. And then the, the surgeon came out and he came over to the family and he said, we think we got it all. <laughs> we think we got it all. And they looked at each other and they said, let's go eat some breakfast. We think we got it all. Hope, hope for the future. How do you feel about the future? Just in case you haven't noticed, this nation is about to have a presidential election. Have you noticed that? How do you feel about the future? Optimistic. Keep on. The United Methodist Church General Conference that meets every four years just finished recently. Oh my, there was debate and controversy in that conference in Portland, Oregon. They postponed making major decisions on vital issues formed a commission that's going to study those things and come back to the general conference either in a call session in 18 or else in 20 when they'll have some, quote, definitive answers. How do you feel about that? Some people say it's going to split the denomination. Some said it's our ruin. How do you feel about that? Methodist bishops and their cabinets of superintendents have been meeting since the first of this year to make decisions about appointments of pastors to local churches. I used to do that. <laughs> I did it for six years. Six years. Making appointments where pastors would go and where churches would receive pastors. Our own son is uh, serving at First United Methodist Church in Dublin, Georgia, that is. And uh, he has been there five years, and he and his family have loved it. They've just been so happy there. And the bishop in the cabinet, uh, South Georgia, came to them not long ago and said, Thad, we know you love Dublin, but we've got a place we think we need you. We want you to go to First United Methodist Church in Albany. And uh, they wrestled with that. We wrestled with it. We prayed and we finally said, Lord, God, have your way. Let it be in keeping with your will. And so today is its last Sunday. At Dublin, get a little choked up because those folks there have been so good to them. But they're moving on because that's God's will for them. Stuart and Becky, well, let me back up. 
few weeks, several weeks ago, we were asked to teach a Sunday school class here and talking about how do you welcome a new pastor. <laughs> Whoops, all of a sudden the brakes were put on. And we understood that the bishop and uh, cabinet in North Georgia said, Stuart, you've got some more work to do at Noonan first. We want you to stay. When that announcement was made in the early service and in this service, they got standing ovations. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? We want to be supportive of our pastor. We don't know what the future holds. It could be the best year in the history of this church, the best year in the history of Becky and Stuart's lives. We just don't know. But the truth is, God is in charge. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and the future. The writer of Deuteronomy puts it this way. Be strong and courteous. Do not be afraid or terrified. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And St. Paul puts it this way in the book of Romans. Let us grasp the fact that we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have confidently entered into this new relationship of grace. And here we take our stand in happy certainty of the glorious things he has in the future. God's in charge. Need not fear. Let's put our trust and our hope in him.